0: it is so common that we're caught up on I'm a loser or I can't be fit or I'm not a good parent or whatever it is. So how do I help people connect with that and uncover it? And then how do we get into let's create these tiny powerful habits?
1: Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Mastery. If you're a first time listener, I am so excited to have you here. My name is Rachel Tapscott. And joining me today is life impact coach, Luke Fenwick, to talk about transitioning from a successful corporate career when the work he was doing and his mindset around it started negatively affecting his life and his family. This episode, we dive into limiting beliefs, the stories we tell ourselves, forming those small but positive habits in our lives, and the idea of self-validation rather than seeking validation from our peers. Luke has a mission to impact 1 million lives by 2025 by helping people figure out exactly what they desire for their life and creating a plan to achieve it. Good afternoon, Luke. Thank you so much for coming on the Mindset Mastery podcast today. How are you going?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to To have what no doubt will be a fantastic and and lovely conversation. But uh, yeah, good to see you. Thank you.
1: Yes, awesome. It's always great to talk to a fellow Aussie as well and have somewhat of a similar time difference. We're going to just go through, explore a bit of your career, and then talk about your current business now as a life impact coach. But before I ask you too much about that, can you walk me through a bit of your corporate career? You had so many exciting different roles. And just tell me about a few of those and what were your favorites?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll go all the way back to the very, very start, but I only touch on that briefly. So I, I'd started in retail, you know, when I was 18 or 19, I'd finished high school, had no intention of doing university because school just wasn't for me in any kind of facet. So I slept in for a little while and then mum kind of said, get out of bed and go get a job. So I went and got a, a job in retail and this was, you know, 25 probably more than 25 years ago and a lot of people were doing retail at that point in time so I worked in my for about nine years and did everything my first job was literally opening cardboard boxes out the back and packing shoes on shelves and I worked all the way through to you know part of the management team planning and development so you know doing new store setups customer service visual merchandising like I did all of it and then left there and went to jeans west and was a regional manager for them for about five years and at that point in time I'd certainly had enough of the retail space. And I was like, okay, you know, what was next? And I was fortunate enough to go and get a job with LVMH. So some people might have heard of Louis Vuitton Mouet Hennessy or, or some people might have just heard of Louis Vuitton and, you know, clothes and bags and cosmetics and whatnot. They own Donna Karen, and I think Gucci as well. They own a lot of them. So it's the biggest luxury brand house on the planet. And I went and worked in the Mouet Hennessy side of things. So the liquor division. And that has brands like Molten Chandon and Dom Prignon, Verve Clicquot, Belvedere, you know, Chandon here in Australia and Cape Mentel, saw so all these wonderful brands. And for me at that point in time, it was all about, you know, how do I have these amazing experiences, you know, traveled the world and would take people back to France and, you know, eat in fantastic restaurants all the time and bars and clubs and all these kinds of things. So did that for, you know, seven, eight years, And for me, it was how do I progress to the next one? You know, what's the next job? What's the next paycheck? What's the next fancy suit I could buy and car and all this kind of stuff? That was just how I was geared at that point in time. This was, I was around 30-ish at that point. Left there and then took on a role at Melbourne United. So Melbourne United, the basketball club. And for me, leaving this big corporate space and going into what in essence was a startup business because Melbourne United had only just been rebranded it had been purchased by a guy called Larry Kesselman, who was the guy that founded Dodo many years ago and sold that for about $400 million. So I'd I'd met him at an event and said, hey, I'd love to get involved with basketball because I'd played as a young kid. It was really close to my heart and it had been in a terrible space. It was nowhere near as big as, you know, rugby or the AFL or anything like that. It was, you know, it was a bit of dire straits. So I made the crazy decision to walk away from a really big corporate job and then head over to basketball and that. For me, it was around passion and purpose. So the purpose was to bring the sport back. Another purpose was is you know the mums and dads and kids you know they were all you know sitting up in the stands. So for me, it was how do we make this kind of amazing sport in my eyes back to what it was. And the other part is that I wanted to give back to basketball because it had done so much for me. I'm a huge New York Knicks supporter. That gave me a connection with New York, which I've been to a few times. So it was just really, really deep in my heart. So. Went and did the basketball for a while and then left that and went to a place called MKTG, which is a big global advertising agency. Didn't go there for passion. Didn't go there for purpose. Went there for a paycheck, a really big paycheck. And and I just thought this is the next kind of career progression. So went there and quickly was faced with, you know, not being in a good spot didn't enjoy it. You know, the people around me didn't support me, quite frankly, didn't really want me there. The culture of the business was not what I thought it would be. I didn't respond well in the job. And, and it really started to create this kind of, you know, angst and anxiety in me. And it made a real mess of me. You know, I, I was not a good dad or, or husband um, or person at that point in time. And I was really starting to struggle with, you know, angst and, and not depression, but just really anxious moments. I'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning, every morning, at, you know, for six months, you know, just my, my stomach was churning and, you know, just that kind of uneasy feeling of what I was going to be faced with when I got in the office next day, you know, I would go upstairs and my boy was maybe you know, he was under two at the time and I'd get him up to bring him downstairs for the bottle and my legs would be literally shaking, you know, just shaking, just cause I'd been, you know, going for hours and hours and hours. So, had many conversations with Julie, my wife, and we made the decision as a family that, you know, I needed to kind of walk away from this corporate role and, and just invest some time on what was going on with me as a person and, and, you know, focus on, you know, being a good dad and a bit better husband and, you know, the best person I could. So I walked away from MKTG after being there for about nine months. And then really got into this this journey to become a life coach and, and it went from there and that was about, you know, passion and purpose and making a really big difference. And and how did I, you know, how could I continue to walk away from just this absolute shocking time in my life where I, I was just unaligned with what was really starting to go on inside of me. So that's a bit of my, my corporate journey, journey over the last, you know, 25 years up until this point.
1: Yeah. So was that, last role that you had at MKTG. Was that kind of the trigger point that led you to wanting to do the life coach work or had it been something that you had in the back of your mind before then?
0: Yeah, I, I did. I was fortunate enough to do a Tony Robbins five-day event maybe 10 years ago. I, I met a gentleman who used to bring Tony Robbins out to Australia. And I knew a little bit about Tony at the time, but not too much. And I said to this guy, and he's he's a really wealthy man now, he's property development, owns, owns bars and clubs and you know owned or was part owner for one of the Melbourne Cup winners. And I said to him, you know, how did this kind of life change for you how did all of this develop he said oh i met this guy called tony robbins i said oh it's fantastic tony robbins i've heard a little bit about him so we were talking about that and he said oh would you like to see would you like to go and see you know tony robbins at one of his events and i was thinking it would be you know two or three hours out of my afternoon one day in melbourne you know i live in melbourne and i said yeah i'll have these tickets that'd be fantastic let's do that so i got these tickets didn't look at them until I kind of got home and looked at the tickets and they were these platinum tickets. So it was like the front row of people, you know, lunch with Tony, not face to face, but within that space with Tony. And it went for four or five days in New South Wales. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I said to my, my wife or whose partner at the time, let's go up to Sydney. So We went up there and it absolutely blew my mind you know it was everything you would think it could be from all of the stuff that you see on social media and him being the personality that he is and i said i'd I'd love to do this i'd love to impact lives like he 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 does but i kind of just put that in the back pocket and shelved it and said look it's just not happening it can sit up there and we'll see what happens many years down the track and and just never got around to it because my corporate career was going so well and and the money was at that point in time was just something I didn't want to walk away from. Mm-hmm. So all of that went through. And then the MKTG thing was just such a such a shit show, if I can say that. Um, sorry if I'm not allowed to, but it was just so so not where I wanted life to be at that point in time. It was impacting me on all of these other ways. And it was like, okay, well, what what is next for me? the basketball thing really resonated because there was passion and purpose in there. I knew for me, I wanted to be, as I said before, the best dad, the best person I could be and the, and absolutely the best partner. So what did that look like? And then I was, you know, I was always enjoying in my corporate roles when I would work with people you know, how do I coach and mentor people? I think we did some rough numbers and it was like, you know 15 or twenty thousand hours of you know coaching and mentoring over my time with people so i'd always love that and mktgl was not getting any of that so it was all these things were sitting around me for so long that i wasn't taking notice of and i was like, okay i've got the time you know i've got the opportunity to really say what comes next what is this next you know period of life look like i was like, okay let's do this. So I'd spoken to some other friends who were also life coaches. They said, here's some, some different courses. I looked at a whole heap of them. Someone said, said, try Jay Shetty. So it's a guy over in the States. And so I did the Jay Shetty course. I was one of two people on the planet at the time of graduating that had unanimous decision by the board and, and, you know, went from there. So it was a bit of a long journey to get back to it, but it always been just under there. I just, for whatever reason, wasn't paying the attention that I should have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now it's come just, you said it's around before COVID time, is that right?
0: Yeah, so I was, you know, sometimes when you think back on COVID, it's like, was that three years ago or 10 years yeah. ago, when did it start? But it was, you know... Christmas, just before COVID, I was starting to go, no, this is not for me. But I, I thought I'll go back to MKTG and just see if I could get things going, see if I could just work through it, ignoring everything that was going on in, in my stomach and in my mind and go, you know, I don't want to fail at this. And that was a big thing for me. I don't want to fail. I'll push through. I've always pushed through in everything. I'll just keep on doing it, doing it, doing it. And so that was around the COVID time, and it was just starting to really you know, happened here in Australia. So I left in February, and and then yeah, just you know walked away from that, and then did all the study. And I was doing study at the time to pass it. So I'd get up and I'd start at six a.m. and I'd go through to six o'clock at night, and I was doing that four days a week for months and months and months and months to try and work through it, and then doing all the other practice on the, the back of it. it was around COVID time we were meant to go overseas and spend some time in europe my wife's from france and and we didn't do that so then that became my absolute devotion to support her because she was doing her piece she's got a really big corporate world as a marketing director in a financial services business so i said to her you focus on your work you love that your corporate career and commercial career is still still going strong you want to do that I'll worry about everything else. I'll look after the house. We've got a little boy. So I was like, I'll take him to daycare and pick him up and do all the shopping and cleaning and all that. And I'll throw myself into this um, life coaching, you know, thing that I was doing at that point in time. And, and it went from there, you know, every time I turn around, I'll really look at I was, you know, getting great feedback and enjoying it. And I was learning more and transforming myself and not being afraid of, of anything else other than I'm just moving forward so it was just a wonderful time that was born out of some horrible things that were happening you know around us as humans and me personally and I went from there
1: that's fantastic all right so tell me about your business walk me through what is the biggest thing that you want to help people with
0: Yeah. So I call myself a life impact coach. There's all kinds of different life coaches out there. I think if you walk down the shopping center, you'd probably run into about 50 or 60 of them. So there's a lot of people out there looking to do amazing things for people. For me, why I say life impact coach, I'm not a spiritual coach. I don't claim to be that. I try to help people make impact in their own lives by whatever means works for them. So that could mostly be around strategy. That's what I try to do. I try to help people understand and create a strategy that's going to lead them to where they're trying to get to. I have a vision to help a million lives by 2025. And where I start with is trying to understand, okay, well, what are those kind of beliefs and stories that you've been telling yourself for so long? I do a lot of work around that. I do this exercise called Thrive, Survive and Crash Dive, which we may speak a little bit about later. But for me, it's all of this clarity, What's the story? And then what is this headline statement that you're looking to create relating to your legacy? So everybody comes to me or talk to them about his legacy. So the story that you're looking to create or write in your life, and it's not just the very end of it where you might give someone a car or a house or some money. It's, it's every single moment. It's every single page that you write. It's the places you go. It's the people you see, you know, it's how you love, laugh, cry. It's how you lose. It's how you have fear. It's all of these things goes into your legacy. So I try to help people that, and usually someone will come to me and say, look, life's just not what I thought it would be at the moment. It's, it's a bit misaligned. They might have all these other things going on, but that's usually the place where they start. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's dig into that. Let's go backwards before we go forwards. And then, okay, well, what does life look like for you? you know, who are you as a person? What are you looking to achieve? And then we go from there with creating this strategy to make the impact and then to move them towards that.
1: That's awesome. So are you looking to help people identify what stories already exist that they're telling themselves, whether they're even conscious of it or not, and move into living a story that you create for yourself?
0: Yeah. You know, there's a a quote by Marie Forleo, and I'll hopefully not butcher it, but I'll give it a go. So she talks about our beliefs shape our thoughts, our thoughts shape our feelings and our feelings, create emotions and then actions. And our actions create the results. So if we can control our beliefs, then we can kind of handle everything. And I know I made a mess of that quote, but you kind of get the gist. We get of the it. gist. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's it is absolutely going back and looking at those beliefs and the stories that that people tell themselves because it is it is so common that we're caught up on I'm a loser or I can't be fit or I'm not a good parent or whatever it is. So how do I help people connect with that and uncover it? And then how do we get into, let's create these, these tiny powerful habits. So there's a behavioral scientist over in the state called BJ Fogg. I love his work. If nobody's heard of him, then I suggest looking it up. And he talks about behaviors happen when and habits form when prompt ability and motivation come together. But there's a fourth one, which is this whole reward system. So how you bring those four things t- together in small enough kind of bites or steps to get you to where you're looking to get to. And I mentioned before that legacy or headline statement. That's what we're trying to do. All these little things so you can feel successful along the way. It's not too complex for you. They fit into your life naturally. And then you're just kind of heading each and every day, you know, and it's not about a goal. Goals come later. For me, it's a holistic approach. This is what I want my life to look like. This is how I want to how I want it to live. This is who I am as a person. And then we start creating it on the back of that step by step by step each and every day.
1: Yeah. Like how you look at it from a whole life perspective, instead of just looking at individual goals as the only kind of direction
0: yeah i think the challenge with goals is that they they have kind of a a final destination to it now goals are important you and everybody's heard of a smart goal maybe not everybody has but that's specific measurable attainable relevant time bound really good for working within businesses but absolutely in our personal lives so goals are great but the challenge with a goal is you nearly have that kind of final destination when you get there. You're like, okay, well, what's happening next? And that was one of the challenges I had with myself too is that when I was in this position at MKTG, I'd always gone, oh, when I earn this much money, then everything will be fine in life because and then I can do my property development business and then has this kind of knock-on effect. And when I started earning that much money and I was in this position, I was like, okay, well, what's next? And there was all these other kind of issues going on in my mind as well. But the goal is not the point, right? The point is you as an individual and how you're growing and how you're transforming. And like that's that's where the goal is. The goal might bolt into that stuff along the way and it's like a sign in the road. So I'm going along it. I'm living my life. I'm this particular person. Here's my headline statement. I'm writing my legacy and part of that might be that I'm going to you know run a marathon. Okay, great, fantastic, done that. And I'm I'm still going along because I'm, growing as me, as the individual into this, this story that I'm looking to create.
1: Mm, that's awesome. So do you find that there are beliefs that come up a lot with your different clients? Like you talked about just the over idea of I am a loser or versus I'm a winner. Like, are there these big kind of blanket statements that come up with a lot of people?
0: Yeah, it is. You know, I must say, like, if if someone's sitting at home listening to this, you know, when you when you air it and they're going, oh, you know, I'm the only person that's having these kind of beliefs. Well, you're not, right? Like, that's just, it's so, so common that we have doubt about ourselves or we have fear about, you know, could this happen? Some people have fear of success, for God's sakes. You know, I'm worried that I'm going to be successful because then what does that lead to? And then other people have beliefs around, you know, just what other people might say of them. So to your point on what you're asking is that lots and lots of people have these kind of challenges, right? Lots and lots of people have these backstories with themselves. And when you talk about beliefs, that's kind of that absolute truth in their mind. This is kind of the reality of the situation where often it's not. And I always say to people, like, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but it's how you start to flip that kind of perspective and narrative in your mind. So it's always, well, is this kind of a fact or is this fiction? Am I, is this actually the story that that's true or is this something that was brought up when i was a child many years ago you know and that's obviously a very very common thing is that we are we are allowing something that's happened in the past to control us in the future or in the present and drive us forward into the future and then that's that's just a shocking place to play right like just have a think about that are you allowing events that happened to you when you were 16 or 20 or, or however the old old adage is six to then impact you or impact what hasn't even happened yet and when you can start to flip some of those narratives and ask the things i said before then it can be really powerful for you and that's that's the point like clarity is key with any with any self you know help work if you want to put it that way like if you don't have clarity and if you don't have honesty with yourself then you'll never be able to move forward or make a difference
1: yeah absolutely can you talk me through that process that you mentioned earlier was it the survive thrive and i forget the third word that you mentioned
0: you did well you did well sometimes i forget what it is no so it's called th- it's called thrive survive and crash dive so Any one of my clients that I start with, it's absolutely the first thing that I get them to do. So whenever I I start working with someone, everybody gets a journal, I send them out a journal and there's all this work that I get them to do in regards to just understanding what is happening in their life. So I ask them to do that exercise, thrive, survive, crash dive. So thriving, what things in your life give you absolute energy, momentum, like feel fantastic. This is absolutely what life's about what are the things in your life that you need just to survive? Now, surviving, some people say, I need to go to the gym five days a week or I need to walk the dog. Okay, well, that's your thing, right? So what are the survival things? versus what is the crash dive moments in your life so people places you know events they suck the energy out of you they make you feel horrible they take away from those kind of thriving moments so it's important to understand like you know what is the trigger what is the action and then what is the impact in your life going forward so over the first few weeks when i'm spending time with people I'm saying them to do that. At that point in time, we're not even working on what your headline story or what the legacies you're trying to create. It's digging into this is what's going on in my life every single day for a couple of weeks. And then they start to see. okay, each time I go into a new situation, I am you know having self-doubt okay, well, where is that self-doubt coming from? Like, what is the story that's, that's driving that for you? Like, how do we then dig into that kind of piece of clarity all the way back there and ask those questions? But that's the biggest tip for me is that Thrive, Survive, Crash, Dive stuff.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's a really good exercise. I think you can then look at how much, you know, what kind of percentages are you spending your life in each of these different areas? If you're talking about the thriving activities, you only get to do once a month compared to the crash dive activities, it might be your job that is really just sucking the life out of you, like you say, and see where you can start to make some changes there.
0: Absolutely. And and you've hit the nail on the head there. And other things ask people to do is say, well, what are the priorities and tasks in your life? So and what are those priorities and tasks belong to you versus the priority and task that belongs to someone else that all of a sudden just magically ends up on your plate of things to do? So, you know, I, I ask them to look at that. But, you know, you mentioned before is that sometimes we have these things that make us thrive, but we might only do them once a month. Well, some people might only do them every six months. Well, okay. Yet yeah, you've got all these things that are making you crash dive and they're popping up in your life all of the time. Well, so how do we, how do we take the energy away from these crash dive moments? How do we amplify the opportunity for the thriving stuff going forward so you know don't forget our habits happen when promptability motivation and reward comes together and when you're putting all those things in place and you're carving out time to do the thriving stuff then it starts to have a fundamental shift with what's going on in your life and it also starts to impact you too because you're just not having that cycle of crash dive all the time now i'm not saying it's just as easy as write down the list and off you go but you know that's kind of the starting point for you
1: Mm, yeah what if you know you you get the list you identify the things that you want to be doing more of the thrive activities but you feel guilty about carving out that time for yourself you have family you have work you have other commitments sport whatever it may be what advice do you have for someone about actually carving out the time and doing those things on your thrive list
0: yeah it's important to kind of connect to that powerful reason why this is working for you. So if it's on your thrive list, then what is it doing for you? How good does it make you feel? You know, when you ask those kind of questions, then you can see the knock-on effect. So I'm doing this, it makes me feel this, which then impacts on these particular things. When you can kind of tap into that, then you suddenly start to go, okay, I can see the power of this. Sometimes it's also about just, you know, taking the opportunity to check in. And it's amazing how many people just think that I can't take the time for Once a week on a Saturday to sit down and watch my TV show and just chill out or read a book or go for a walk because the people in my family just they can't have me not around. Okay, it's an interesting thought. So what's the one thing you can do right now in order to understand is that fact or fiction? Oh, let's go talk to your family and see whether or not it's okay. So, you know, that's a really, really big part of it is just to kind of dig in sometimes and go, well, you know, what are the what are the boundaries? What are the things that are stopping me from doing this? What's that action that I can take right now in order to progress? Maybe not all the way through to the thing that you're looking to do that thrives, but at least a step closer to it. And sometimes it is Engage. Sometimes it is, I don't have the skills to do it. So, okay, let's understand that. Let's try and find the skills a little bit more. Sometimes it is, you know, you need to enlist someone else because you really enjoy the fitness part of life but you really don't have the skills to do it don't forget prompt ability motivation rewards so go and find someone else to bring that into you as well so you know it it sounds kind of basic when you just go through that but it is like building blocks right all of these things are like you know bricks into a wall just building your your brick wall of yourself in know, day in and day out
1: yeah one brick at a time
0: yeah absolutely like and that's I think that's the only way we can approach it. If you're looking too far down the road, then you miss the stuff that's going on right now. You're not enjoying, you know, the bumps in the road that you're going through. Because don't forget, what often trips us up is that we are not prepared to have the two sides of the coin, you know, happiness, sad, you know, challenge, grief, whatever that might be. So, you know, if you're looking too far down the road, then you're not going to enjoy everything in, in this kind of moment. And if you're enjoying this in the moment, then you are more focused on yourself and the transformation of yourself. And when you start to focus on the transformation of yourself, then all of these other things around you don't really matter.
1: Yeah, that is so true. That's a really good outlook. I also want to ask, going back to something you said before, talking about your role at MKTG and the idea of just pushing through and not wanting to fail at it. What would you say to someone who feels like they're in that similar position and maybe they feel like they can't leave a job or, you know, they know that they're not going to be able to make it work there, but they don't want to feel like a failure if they do leave?
0: Yeah, I I think failure is just it is it is absolutely part of life. Like if you go back and think of all of these other things in your life, chances are you have failed at other stuff along the way. And it is okay. It doesn't make you less of a person. Often the most successful people on the planet are the ones that are absolutely happy to fail and fail fast. And that's the key from all of these, all entrepreneurs, you know, wealthy people. It's like, okay, get in there, make it happen, understand. If failure happens. It's okay. What do I learn from it? And how do I move forward? So if someone's sitting there and saying, well, I'm in this position and it's making a bit of a mess of me at the moment, which it was for me. I started to, I can talk from personal experience in regards to, I started to reflect on, well, what is it going to do to the rest of my life? How, how, how much longer do I keep pushing this on for? Is this thing that I'm trying to push forward, because I don't want to fail, actually part of my long-term vision? And when I start to look at it and say, it's not, it's not for me long-term. I might do this and I might achieve it, but it's not for me long term. And then I started to go, well, I've got this vision on how it's impacting my life, how it's impacting me personally, how it's impacting my family, how it's not part of my long term vision. And all I was doing it for was my ego was like, just keep doing it. You know, you've got to be perfect. You don't want to fail. You've never failed, you know which was rubbish because I had failed at stuff along the way, but I was just getting caught up on those ideals, those ideals of, you know, being perfect and not failing. And when I started to just kind of flip the conversation in my mind and say, well, how do I look at this in a different way? Like what are the things that really matter for me? Then it started to resonate differently and my, my narrow focus on this job just needs to succeed, I just started to see all of this other stuff around me. My perspective really started to change. And I was like, okay, that's not the most important thing in life. Like achieving this job and sticking it out and upending everything else in my life was just not, just not an option. I just wasn't going to do it. So, you know, and I got clarity too because I really spoke to my wife. I spoke to the people around me as well and seeked counsel. Now they couldn't make the decision for me, but they also helped with gaining, you know, different perspectives too. And I think that's the important part. If you're going through times of challenge and, you know, angst or whatever it is, then don't don't do it alone. You know, we as humans love being in community. It's often the thing that drives us forward is that we want to be around other people and we want to have that connection. And that's also part of it when we're going through times of challenge. So engage with people you know, get different perspectives, the ones that, that matter to you and ask the conversations and just try to look at it from other angles as well. And just not the, the absolute one that you're sitting there. If you go back to those beliefs, the challenge is, is they are often the truth. We just think that that's the only truth that exists. So what other options
1: exist for you? Yeah, that's great. I think it's so important to ask yourself questions and challenge yourself and really look at why and always come back and evaluate, you know, where you're at, where is everything coming from? And like you said, you know, it wasn't going to be for you long-term and looking into the long-term then can give you a much better perspective of what is right for you in your next steps.
0: Yeah. Like no one knows what's, what's going to happen next. So I was like, okay, well, who am I as a person? What do I want? Who do I want to be? And then when I started to form those kinds of things, I'm like, okay, that then these are the changes that I need to make. You know, when I was having some challenges, I just wasn't being present as a dad or, or a husband. I, my mind was always in these other locations. And it wasn't so much thinking about the details of work. It was because I was still trying to wrap my head around it. But it was just all of this other stuff that was flying around in there. So when I started to say, well, I don't want to be that. I want to be these other things. Then I was like, okay, again, that was part of the shift. How do I move move into a different direction?
1: Mm, Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to ask you as well, I want to talk about the idea of self-validation versus seeking validation from our peers because I think every single person on the planet, we all go through life and we're always seeking validation from everyone around us and even especially in our social media world, seeking validation from complete strangers on social media, yes. but you talk about the idea of self-validation. How does that help you to, I guess, work towards more what you want to do instead of looking at what's the whole rest of the world think I should be doing?
0: Yeah, so let's, let's go back for anyone that might be listening that hasn't heard the stuff in regards to when it all kind of began. So I got all the way back many, many, you know, millions of years ago when we're talking about, you know, us as, as early humans. And what we wanted to do at that point in time is that we wanted to fig- fit into the community, whether or not that was the community around a cave or a small village. But that for us was how do we fit into a community so we're not left outside to be either attacked by whatever it might be, a you know, animal or another person or whatnot. So, community was really important to us, and we wanted to do things in order to fit into that. Now, if you jump all the way. F- through to where we are now, and you talk about this, where are we getting validation from? And often that is around material things. You know, if I, and I, I suffered myself, you know, if I earn this much money or if I buy that car, I'll do this thing, then I'll feel better about myself. And a lot of people get caught in that. If I do this, I'll feel that. If I get this many likes, you know, I'll, I'll be more complete. When I own that particular jacket or shoes, I'll be more of a person. So that whole validation piece is just a cycle of it. And our minds just are geared towards that, right? Like, share, great, feeling, brilliant. So what are some of the things that we can do for that piece if we are caught in this whole, where do I get my validation from? So validation and external piece is again, go back to focusing on us. How do I transform myself? So focus on that transformation. How do I grow as an individual? And that That can still be applied within a workplace. So how do I become the best person I can in this very moment to be, you know, within this meeting or in this particular job? And when you can focus on the growth of yourself and the transformation of yourself, how do I be the best possible person I can be in each and every moment? Then you're not worried about what's going on over there on this particular person or that particular thing, because all you're focused in is your mind and yourself and your growth and it's not about the car and it's not about the salary and it's not about the likes it's just you as an individual and kind of that's what we're here for right like we are here as humans to impact the world around us we're here to learn and to grow and to share and to love and to give and all of these things and when you're focused on those and saying am i bringing the best of myself to these things then that's what matters it's not am I bringing the best of myself to these things for that person to say, well done. Like, that's not where it's, that's not where it is because you can't impact what that person does feel, says, or whatever it is. Like you can't, like, we've got no control. You can be the most kind, giving, loving person on the planet, but there's still going to be haters out there. That's the way it is. So don't focus on the reciprocation. Just focus on yourself in that moment and, and, you know, head down that path. I think that's the way to go. And get off social media if it's doing um, you a disservice. Now, social media can be great. It can share with us a wealth of information. It can certainly enable us to, to learn. But if you're finding that you're getting on your social feed, and every time you're doing it, you're feeling anxious and crap and, and unfulfilled, then maybe it's not for you. Maybe the things that are coming up in your feed, you should be consuming less of. So be mindful of your screen time. Certainly don't do it at nighttime. Absolutely don't do it when you first get out of bed. You know, Spend your time when you get out of bed. Before I even get up, my eyes will open. Before I get up, I think about this is the kind of person I wish to be. On this particular day, and it's an ongoing theme in my mind. So I'm not even out of bed at this point in time. I'm not touching my phone, doing none of that stuff. So just focus on you, set your intentions for the day, what you wish to do, that story that you're writing and, and off you go.
1: That is awesome. Especially that I think the reflex for a lot of people, sometimes I'm guilty of this. You reach for your phone just to kind of wake up and get into the day. And then next minute you're checking notifications and it's really, it's really not a great way to start the morning and set the whole tone for the day.
0: Yeah. And like, the you know the tech companies the people that have built all this they've got billions and billions and dollars invested in you liking and scrolling and staying on the platform and then going through the journey of their sponsors that are you know funding ads and stuff like that and our mind is geared to that hit of dopamine hit of dopamine feeling good great fantastic and off you go so you know you know don't Let your phone use you, you know, put it somewhere else, you know, set your boundaries. And that's another key one as well is that in your life, make sure that you're really clear and able to set your boundaries and your non-negotiables. So my boundaries, these are the things that like it's the playing field that I'm going to work on. And then the non-negotiables are the things that these must happen in my life. So whether or not it's around self-care or spending time with family or whatever it is. But when you start to set it in that particular way, you can also see well, my boundaries are that my phone won't be in my bedroom or it'll be turned off at eight o'clock at night or I won't touch it for the first two hours of the morning like these are the boundaries. Non-negotiables are that I won't engage with this kind of stuff on social media if it's creating angst for you. If it's not, well that that's good for you but you know focus on yourself your story your journey your growth and don't worry about what's going on around you if it's not helping you
1: Mm, yeah fantastic i love that as well don't let your phone use you (laughs) no it's
0: a piece of plastic and whatever else is in it sitting over on the bench it's not it's not jumping off off the table at us and i know that's sometimes easier said than done but these are the realities of the situation, right? If we go back to the fact or the fiction, like your ta- your phone's not jumping off. It's not, you know, it's not a, more often than not, it's not really a vital ingredient for life. but might certainly be very helpful, but you don't necessarily need it if it's creating challenges for you.
1: That's absolutely right. So Luke, tell me, what is your biggest message you want to get out into the world to that 1 million people before 2025?
0: Wow, that is such a good question. And thank you for asking it. I think the biggest thing is, is one, spend the time on yourself. If someone's sitting here today, or or whenever they're listening to this, and they know someone that is maybe struggling a little bit, or not in a great spot. And if they've taken something out of our conversation today, or a conversation you've had with someone else in the past, Share that wisdom and knowledge with other people, make some impact in that other person's life by saying, "Hey, I see you, I hear you, I understand what's happening at the moment. Here's a little bit of help. and if you need me, I'm here. And you know I think that's what we need to do is you know as people at the moment is how do we help others around us a little bit more? How do we not become as insular as as we have been when it comes to these times of change? So there's that piece. And then the other one is, is just be conscious of what's going on in your own mind. What are the things that are serving you? What are the things that aren't serving you? Go back to that thrive, survive, crash, dive stuff if you want to do that exercise. What are the things that, you know, you might have used in past years of your life that no longer take you forward? And, you know, get really clear of, of that. Be very conscious of when it occurs, like what is triggering that and start to let go of it. Take that emotional energy away from it and focus on the things that will take you forward and enable you to write the story that you're looking to do. So if anyone's sitting there and listening and going, you know what, I'm not, I'm just not happy with where life is at the moment and I don't really know where to start, but I've just got that feeling that it could be more Then, you know, take the opportunity to either reach out to me or someone else, a friend and just start to dig in ask the clarity who am i what do i want where do i want to get to what can i do right now to take a small step towards that and i think that's that's what i'd like people to understand and don't be afraid of failure don't be scared you know we all do it uh you know embrace it embrace the opportunity to grow and transform yourself and that's that's a real key
1: That's absolutely fantastic. So how can people connect with you and work with you if they're interested in finding out more?
0: Yeah, the the easiest place is just to go to lukefenwick.com. So just head over to lukefenwick.com. There's a the website, you'll be able to subscribe to a newsletter that I send out every four to six weeks. It's usually just content that I've created or some podcasts or books or something like that that I might have loved from somewhere else. Um, so that's the easiest place to go. I'm on Instagram and fairly active on LinkedIn. And um, I have also just started a podcast with a guy over in Vancouver as well called Two Dads, a coaching conversation on life. So we just try to talk a little bit about, you know, us as fathers and how we are, you know, raising our kids and just some content and inspiration that we've gone along the way, but the website's the best place and love to hear from anyone. Absolutely.
1: That is awesome. And we'll put all of those details in the show notes below for anyone listening to check it out. Luke, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's been fantastic to talk to you today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much, Rach. Look after yourself. Be safe, be present, be you. And yeah, thank you. Take
1: care. You can find those links to Luke's website and socials in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you're enjoying the show, please give us a rating on your favorite podcast app so more people like you can find the show and be part of the Mindset Mastery community. Until next time, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.